And I'm Regan, and this is You Pick, We Watch, the podcast where you pick the movie and we take a deep dive into it, learning everything we can about your recommendation. Today, we're talking about the 2003 film Paycheck. I've wanted to call it Payback every single time I've looked at this. <laughs> I mean, I would love to watch Payback again. I never get sick of that movie. <laughs> um, before we get into it, I have a bunch of news that I found today. And I think a couple of them you're going to be really excited for. Bring it out. So, all right. Well, first off, uh, my movie theater reopened. Has yours over there? I don't think so. Well, I went and saw Mortal Kombat last week. <laughs> and it was so much better on the big screen. Very cool. Yeah, that with all the special effects in that movie, that I would imagine it'd be awesome. Um, Zack Snyder has a couple things in the news right now. Uh, one, Army of Darkness, Army of the Dead, starts streaming today on Netflix. That's got Dave Bautista, Tig Notaro, um, and a few other people in it, and it takes place in Las Vegas with zombies. It's like a quarantined area, and they have to go in and steal money. That's all I know, but it looks fantastic. All I saw was Batista on the promo for that. And I was like, okay, in. That's all you had to yeah. say. I'm in. Yeah, I'm probably going to watch it tonight. Um, the second Zack Snyder thing is that he is writing a King Arthur movie set during the Gold Rush era. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could get on it. Because um, there's like nothing, because he's only just like writing it now. So whether this comes to full fruition or not, but yeah, it was he. It was touted as a King Arthur movie set during the Gold Rush. Okay. So, <laughs> taking the lore maybe of what King Arthur is and putting it in the eighteen hundreds. I mean, I'm I am interested. He has he's piqued my interest with that. <laughs> That's all I can say. Um. Kevin Bacon said that he would love to return to Tremors and he keeps, he plans to keep on trying to return to Tremors. Um, would you watch a reboot of the original tre Tremors? If Kevin Bacon was involved, I totally would. I, I happen to really enjoy that movie and uh, I used to watch the Tremors marathons on like Spike TV or something with my dad mm -hmm. back when I was in high school. So yeah, I'd be, as long as he's involved with it i'd be very interested um yeah i love all the tremors movies i think there's only like two or three i haven't seen um but the most recent one was on netflix and it was like almost a spoof of their skull island because <laughs> they were all on like an island so um <laughs> but it, it's pretty funny so i would love to see where that goes um and my last one is a new Pet Cemetery movie will be coming to Paramount Plus as a follow-up to the 2019 movie. You know, um, that's pretty cool because I, I did end up seeing the 2019 movie and I gotta say, like, not bad. It was, it had some pretty cool moments in it. I feel like they could have gone in 
a few different directions with the source material, but what they landed on was, I got to say, pretty cool. I have only ever read the book. And because being from Maine, you really <laughs> only read Stephen King. <laughs> it's required um, reading. It is. It is. And I think it's because I can't visually see the kid get hit by the truck. Like reading it wasn't that bad. Mm. But like visually seeing it, I, I have a hard time getting around that part of it. So I've never actually like watched the movies. I mean, you don't see the kid get smeared, but like it happens. Yeah. Like there's such a visit, uh, a line, there's a line in the book, like right before it, that is so, it's not like detailed about him getting hit, but like I can still picture that line in my head just like leading up to it. And that's how you know that's a good writer right there when like they leave an imprint on you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My book doesn't do that to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I actually have a little bit of news this week for a change. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I just found out that uh, I can't remember if you knew or not. Um, HBO is adapting a show out of the game The Last of Us. Do you know that? I did hear that. Yes. Okay. I've never played the game, but everything I've heard about it is supposed to be, you know, just legendary stuff. Um, I found out that um, HBO is also in the very, very early stages of developing a series out of the video game Bloodborne, which is one of the coolest games I think I've I've seen in quite some time. Came out in like to 2015 or something and yeah. it is cr like victorian gothic plus eldritch horror craziness yeah it's also very difficult <laughs> part of that like uh dark souls there's like a new genre now that uh the dark souls bloodborne people came up with it's like uh souls born oh yeah is like what they're calling it almost like the cat the metroidvanias from back in the day Shorthand for unbeatable games. Yeah, yeah, that'll be cool though. Um, I'll be interested to see where how they do that because to me, there I know everybody says there's like story in the Bloodborne and Dark Souls stuff, but I can never find it. I just die <laughs> all the time. <laughs> it, you can look up YouTube videos that like explain the lore of that, and I can't. I have I haven't gotten far in like any of those games, but. I don't know how how readily apparent that is to the player. Like, I don't know how deep you have to dig to figure that stuff out. Right. Um, I also have two more things that I forgot about. <laughs> um, Margot Robbie says that she is pulling for them to bring Poison Ivy into the DCEU. Or the DCU. Um so they can have their like actual relationship like they have in the comic books right now and in the Harley Quinn cartoon. So that would be freaking amazing. Hell yeah. I would be so, so excited for that. <laughs> kite man's catchphrase. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want them to bring kite man in too. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Um, and then my other girl, 
Charlize Theron is a new movie with Kerry Washington that's called uh, School for Good and Evil that will be coming out. Mm-hmm. And that is directed by Paul Feig, who has done a lot of stuff. Like he's, I just know his name. Like he's involved in so many things right now. Um, I don't know anything about the movie other than Charlie Theron and Carrie Washington look amazing. <laughs> Sometimes that's all you need to know. Yeah. And then also, because I'm just like looking at this uh, on Yahoo Entertainment right this second, there's like a related like link and it says Charlie Theron really does want to remake Die Hard with a lesbian twist. I... I, f- <laughs> I feel like there's a, a short list of movies that would just be hard to remake because the originals are like eternally popular. Uh, I mean, if they I feel like if it didn't say like remake it, like if they're doing a movie like that. Oh, on board. Definitely. If they're looking to remake Die Hard, I'm like, oh, you're walking a fine line there. But sure. yeah, I, I don't know if they could re- remake Die Hard. Okay, because there's always difference between remakes and reboots. I think if they rebooted Die Hard with that, I think that would be good. Pay homage to the original, but make it your own. Yeah. That's where I would land on that. I'd, I'd be pretty similar, yeah. So, well, so lots of fun stuff coming i'm i'm i feel like we spent the last year with nothing because nobody could make movies or like really do anything so now everything's starting to ramp up and it's exciting yeah i feel like all of my all of the shows i've been into have been like perpetually on hiatus like <laughs> spending months and half of years like filming the next season and i feel like it's all going to drop in this huge media tsunami that's just i'm gonna curl up in my house and not leave for like three months so i can watch everything well that's a good segue because would you give up two months of your life if you got a paycheck like ben affleck did in this movie (laughs) if it's for the number on his paycheck yeah (laughs) would you you would seriously though for half a million dollars because that was on his paycheck in the his first one that he got yeah well the first one was for what three months i think two months three months yeah yeah i, I would t- for half a million dollars absolutely because i will <laughs> sacrifice a couple years of my life for a paycheck i've already demonstrated that in my personal life <laughs> for nothing <laughs> near that amount so i'm like yeah if it's two years sure why not I think I would do I would do like two or three months for the half a mil, but I don't think I could do the three years for ninety two million because I feel like there's just experiences. Stuff changes so much in three years. Absolutely. But it's not like you didn't live those moments. It's just you can't remember them, which I mean, it's. I guess would practically be like you didn't live them, but you know your family and everyone would remember all that. I don't know. I guess there's some gray area there. Of maybe that wouldn't be cool, but yeah, no. For ninety-two million, that's a that's a big number. 
I know it is a big number. Um, so let's see how Ben Affleck gets into that predicament. Uh, what seems like a breezy idea for an engineer to net him millions of dollars leaves him on the run for his life, piecing together why he's being chased. That is a hell of a concept, by the way. Like, that's a great pitch for a movie. It is. A, that is a great elevator pitch. Um, what was your reaction? I'll let you go first. <laughs> um, I... I thought this was kind of going to be a generic action movie from the like mid 2000s, which it, like it's not not that. But when it was, I, I guess the core idea of the movie, I, you know, I'm just going to save this for the trivia part. But something eventually clicked where I was like, wait a second, I think I know what this is based on. And it totally was. So I, yeah, I, I know got... exactly know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. And yeah. I'll leave that one for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I guess you could say I was excited. Yeah, of course you would be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am almost positive that I saw this in 2003 or four Because remember, I was uh, graduating. I just graduated high school in 2003. Uh, so any type of entertainment. I was going to the movies a lot. You know, didn't really have much to do. Um, and I'm pretty sure I enjoyed it then. However, for me, time on this movie was not kind, in my opinion. Um, I'll save a lot for our final thoughts, but the special effects are a tale of the time they were created in, for the most part, uh, with the exception of the scene when you see Ben taking the computer apart uh, in the beginning. Um, oh, with, yeah. like doing the pen and stuff like that held up pretty well. Yeah, surprisingly, it felt like older Stark tech from like the Marvel universe, you know? Yeah. Um, overall, I wasn't as impressed as I should be almost 20 years later, which brings me to this thought. Why do I feel that the eighties were still only 20 years ago and not almost 40, especially when it comes to movies? <sighs> Uh, that's a great question. Um, uh, I, I guess. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think it's because, uh, as we both agree, that practical effects hold up better than early CGI. Um, and what I am, what I think, I'm wondering what will happen in like the year 2040 when we look back on like the Transformers or Star Wars or Avatar movies and think, are we going to think the same thing that we think now about movies from the early 2000s? That is a great question. <laughs> I, I was wondering <laughs> something similar be only because um, my wife and I have been rewatching like a lot of the Star Wars movies. And I remember w back in the day when it came out, Attack of the Clones was like the coolest thing and I was so obsessed with it with like my best friend growing up and I recently looked up a clip from that um, again on YouTube and like one of my favorite scenes looks it now like uh, like a cut scene from a PlayStation 2 like it looks rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, I felt that way like to me People say, like, I, I recently had a conversation with somebody at work 
who trashed on the original Star Wars and was like, oh, they look like shit. And I wanted to punch him in the face. And I wanted to be like, bro, these, the miniatures they use, the practical effects, like that was cutting edge technology. And we all know where Industrial Lights and Magic has gone since then. And it's like, how can you look back on a movie like that and think that that's garbage, you know? I guess. Whereas you can look back 10 years ago or Spawn in 1997 <laughs> and say, what, what, what is this, you know? I don't think anything's worse than like 90s CGI. And the only exception is like stuff that Industrial Lights and Magic does, like the mask. You can tell when things are computer animated, but they make it look still pretty good in that movie. The Mummy. Yeah. Like, how much CGI is in that, and how good does that still hold up to this day? I you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it still holds up rather well. So, something to think about uh, in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, moving on to who's in this movie about losing your memory. We've got a podcast favorite, Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he plays Mike, I believe is his name. Yeah. Um, we don't need to talk about him right now. Aaron Eck- Eckhart, who we haven't s- watched in a movie, I don't think. Um, not on the podcast. Yeah, not on the podcast. But he is a fantastic uh villain yeah he's fantastic everything like Mm -hmm. there i can't think of any roles of his in my mind that i haven't liked like there's been movies that i thought have kind of fallen short but him in them yeah forget about it exactly exactly um uma thurman as rachel uh I have a little thing on her later, so I'm not going to delve too deep into her, but everybody a... should know her from Pulp Fiction and Kill Bill. So here's the thing about Uma Thurman. I feel like the <laughs> 90s and the 2000s were trying very hard to convince me that she's hot, and <laughs> it's just, you know, not for me. I guess I, I don't think that. I thought she was great in Kill Bill and, like, Pulp Fiction. It, it's not like her... I don't know. I don't know. I just... I just feel like they were pushing real hard to be like, yo, Uma Thurman is hot to trot. And I was like, oh, if you say so. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Uh, she's. I think they were kind of doing that. I agree. I agree. Because she's not. <laughs> <laughs> and she's not like bad looking at all. No. It's just she's not like super hot in the way that like everyone's reacting to her in the movies, you know? Exactly. Yeah, like there were at least three other girls at that party where that were better looking <laughs> than she was. Yeah. Um, Michael C. Hall is one of the FBI agents. Um, this was actually his first uh, credited role, I believe. Like yeah. feature film, feature film role. Um, that was a surprise. Go... I didn't yeah. expect that. He would go on to play Dexter, which... Did you see the trailer for uh, the new season of Dexter? I I have not. Were you ever a Dexter fan? Yeah, actually, I, I watched the entire series one summer. Yep, they are rebooting it with him. I don't know if I think it's a sequel season. I'm pretty sure. That'd be cool. I'd yeah. I'd definitely watch that. 
I gave up after season two. I oh, I just couldn't. It got boring for me. So just watch season four. That is the high water mark of that series, in my opinion. John yeah. Lithgow is the villain, and he is <laughs> he is creepy, and I love it. <laughs> um, Paul Giamatti plays his little buddy Shorty. Um, <laughs> I love Paul Giamatti. I don't think he gets enough credit in things. He absolutely doesn't. He's he's great. He's got especially in this movie. He's just got like a personality where you just kind of want to be his friend, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um. Yeah, he definitely does not get his due um, because I think he is sometimes cast off as like a side character that doesn't really like affect much, but he does. Even in his side roles, he affects quite a bit. He affects me every time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then the last person, I don't know if you want to talk about anybody else actually in it, but the last person that I wanted to talk about was uh, the director, John Woo, um, who... Most people should know, but he's like he's known for those slow motion gunfights in like his early movies, um, like Hard Boiled, and also Mexican standoffs and doves in his movies. Um, so he also did the movie Face Off, Mission Impossible Two, and Wind Talkers, which was pretty good. I'm really glad that you brought up John Woo because yeah, he's he was like a big presence in like the late '90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, a huge presence in in that time period. Um, He actually had part of to do with a game called Stranglehold, which starred the guy who played in Hard Boiled, which is how I got to know him. I played that game. Yeah, well, that was a fun (laughs) game, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Bullet time for everything. Exactly. Um, And doves everywhere, so... There's every time totally... you go into bullet, bullet time. <laughs> yeah, doves out of nowhere, even when you're inside. Um, yep. I there's a mechanic of that game that's absolutely broken, in my opinion, where it's like a special ability. If you don't want to do bullet time, you can do like two other stuff. And one is just like you, you load up a shotgun and you're just invincible for like 10 seconds or something. And you never have to reload and that you can just demolish anyone if you use that. I'd love to go back and play that game. (laughs) I'm going to look for it next time I'm out shopping. Worth a revisit. It is. It is. Um, So that's pretty much all I have for like the cast and the people in it and making it. So let's move on to uh, there are some other people in there that you would recognize uh, the other FBI agent. It took me a while to figure out that he was. cyborg's dad in justice league i forgot about that i always recognize him from terminator 2 okay yeah like no matter how old he is no matter what movie it is i don't know his name but i always point the screen i'm like ah, terminator 2 yeah that guy yeah and there's a few other people in there that you probably would i was doing i was doing it with i was like i know that guy but i don't know why i know that guy Um, so this film actually we'll start with some awards it didn't obviously win any Oscars <laughs> I know but it did get nominated for a um, the Academy has a separate thing for science fiction fantasy and horror films which usually are not included in like Oscars because the Academy is too pretentious 
Um, so they have a separate one for those, and they're the Saturn Awards. And this was nominated for Best Science Fiction Film that year. Mm. Um, it was also the winner of a Key Art Award. I've never even heard of these, but it was Best Motion Graphics Aspect Ratio for the Teaser. That's so specific. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. Um, and then obviously we have the Razzie Awards because it is a terrible because Ben Affleck was terrible in the early two thousands. The movie itself didn't win anything, um, but it was just Ben Affleck winning for worst actor overall. <laughs> He's yeah. I feel like it took a bit for him to like hit his acting stride. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to talk about that a little later, too, in my uh, my recap. Perfect. So, uh, I'll let you go. With, hit, hit me with some of your trivia. Okay. So, like I said earlier, when I realized <laughs> what the movie was about, like, as I was watching it, I was like, wow, this is this sounds like some pretty cool sci-fi stuff, you know, high concept stuff. And I was like, what do you want to bet? This is based on a short story by Philip K. Dick, and it totally is. So Philip K. Dick was a writer in like the, I think the 50s, 60s, 70s, and he was extremely prolific with like short stories because he did speed all the time. So he would like <laughs> never sleep and just pump out stories. And um, a lot of a lot of them got adapted between the 80s and the 2000s, like Blade Runner, Total Recall. Minority Report, The Adjustment Bureau, Next, with Nicolas Cage, and The Man in the High Castle. Yeah. That the, is... Uh, I was waiting for you to do the Blade Runner. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't escape Blade Runner facts. No, and we haven't had a Blade Runner true fact, I don't think, in a long time. In a while. We've, we try to do it every episode, but sometimes it doesn't work. But uh, this is like a perfect... Say a uh, piece to Blade Runner, absolutely. Um, and Total Recall, I love Total Recall, which we've watched on the podcast. That's right. And uh, I gave it two thumbs up, and you gave it one thumb up. Sounds like something I'd do. <laughs> <laughs> and then Blade Runner, we haven't watched original Blade Runner. Thank God. But Blade Runner 2049, I gave one thumb down and you gave two thumbs up. <laughs> yep. And... So recommend the rest of Philip K. Dick's <laughs> adaptations and we'll see which divides Jess and I more. Yeah. Then we can just do a whole Philip K. Dick day. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Special episode, Dick Day. Dick Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um... So this was not uh, received super great, but the final product uh, and the movie's reception, about the final product and the movie's reception, John Wu said, I was fine with the sci-fi and paycheck because it wasn't too much. Uh, and this is me talking now. I agree. There's not a lot of sci-fi, and I almost wouldn't attribute this to a sci-fi movie like as much as Total Recall, because like Total Recall, he goes to he goes to Mars, so there's that, yeah more there. So would you say this is more of like a soft sci-fi movie? 
Yeah, I think this is more almost thriller sci-fi with, yeah, not mystery, mystery sci-fi thriller, mystery thriller maybe more so than adding the science fiction in there. But because of the memory wipes, it's got to have the sci-fi tag, I think. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, back to John Woo, he said, I had intended to make an Alfred Hitchcock in style movie out of it, something more about suspense and thrills than guns and shit. But unfortunately, the script wasn't written that way. It didn't work well for the suspense, and it didn't come out the way I wanted it to be, not as Hitchcockian, but at least it was nice working with Ben Affleck. And mm -hmm. I agree. I think this, if they could have turned this into more suspense and thriller, and it doesn't even have that much action. It's like a couple scenes that you're you're totally right and uh i feel like what action it does have kind of falls a little flat for me mm -hmm. this is coming a from someone absolutely. who does love like seeing action scenes in movies yeah i'm i'm the same way i love i love action movies and it fell i i, I have a lot to say in my final thoughts so i'll <laughs> leave that but yeah it I think it could have been it could have been more, but I think I also felt the same way about Minority. It's been a long time since I've seen that, mm. um, and I almost think Born Supremacy or Born Identity is uh, almost a better thing as well. When somebody loses their memory, I think that's a better movie. Yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, so. I, I like that quote by John Woo, and also uh, I, I love it because it contradicts the idea of like what he directs in my head because he's he's the guy you want for like gunfights and chases and stuff like that. And just hearing that he didn't want to direct the movie that way was super interesting. Yeah. Um, actually, speaking of John Woo, he actually didn't want mark mexican standoff in the movie but ben affleck begged him to include a scene because he's a big fan of uh, the killer and hard-boiled from like the late 80s early 90s so you can thank ben affleck for the mexican standoffs in this movie yeah you can also thank him for the red sox shout out because <laughs> obviously ben is a boston boy with matt damon and they love the red sox so he was supposed to originally be a fan of like the Mets or the Yankees um, because they're, I think they're in New York or probably, I don't know. I don't think they ever established where they are, but to me, they're in Boston now and I like that more. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of like that better only because like, I feel like, uh, I don't know if the Yankees are super popular, but that's like the one team I for sure know uh, baseball wise, you know? Yeah. If you just ask me to name a team off the top of my head, I would go Yankees every single time. Yeah. It's because you're from New York. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> just like if you ask me, I would say the Red Sox just because I'm from New England. Uh... Although I hate the Red Sox, so. <laughs> but you know them. Yep. Um, speaking of Matt Damon, he actually was originally considered for the main role in this, but turned it down because it was too similar to the Bourne Identity. 
No, you Which know team? what he you know what he did instead this year in 2003? <laughs> what? He did that movie Stuck on You. <laughs> oh my god. I forgot that was a movie. Yeah, most people <laughs> would. <laughs> um so well, he was offered. I mean, I I do agree that this was way too similar to The Born Identity. Um but I think Damon did a much better job in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um and then for him to go be in a movie like Stuck on You while Affleck's doing this. I just I would imagine what their conversations were that year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Um, but he still got to be in a Philip K. Dick adaptation when he starred in the Adjustment Bureau, which yep. it, tangentially related, sure. Oh, bonus fact. There you go. Yeah. Um, something that I thought was kind of funny, just because it's an attention to detail. Um, one of the items in the envelope is a the identification card to the Alcom Corporation. Um, in the FBI scene, there's a close-up. There's actually a lot of close-ups of it, but it shows the UPC barcode, um, and it actually gives the number. That code actually corresponds to Premier Magazine published by Circulation Company. Huh. I don't even know what that's for. Let's, <laughs> see, what, let's see what Premier Magazine is. Yeah, I, I saw that piece of trivia earlier, but I have no idea what that means. Premier Magazine was an American film magazine based in New York City and published by somebody I can't pronounce um, between the years of 18, uh, 1987 and 2010. Huh. So it was a, uh, just a movie magazine. That's kind of cool. That is pretty cool. The uh, Speaking of just stuff that he has in his envelope there, I think in the in the movie he says that he has like 20 things that he mailed to himself. And I guess in the original short story, um, not only were very different items mailed to himself, but there were only seven. And I, I wish that um, I had more context as to why it was only seven, but I guess it was because for a movie you kind of, you know, need to stretch out the plot a little. <laughs> yeah. Um it's so I don't know how believable all of that is. And I guess that's what makes it I guess that's what makes it more of a sci-fi movie is that you're just entrusting the science fiction part to like just be there. It's almost like watching a time travel movie and accepting their rules for time travel even though every time travel movie has different rules. Mm. yeah suspension um, of disbelief yeah and that you have to do that in this movie otherwise you're you'll just find yourself going well this is stupid like why (laughs) or that worked out pretty well uh it's funny because you know like a large part of the, the the plot of the movie revolves around him sending him mailing himself clues to like basically stop this machine and let me tell you, if I was in that kind of situation, I am notoriously bad at riddles and like <laughs> interpreting clues. I can't do escape rooms because I just get pissed at the first clue because I can't figure <laughs> out what it is. So uh, <laughs> the whole time I was thinking like, man, Ben's really good at this. I I would be I would be dead in the first five minutes. 
Yeah, I would never would have made it out of that room. Ever. <laughs> never. In a hundred years. <sighs> and that's why Ben gets paid the big bucks. Three. Which also was, uh, this was his biggest paycheck, pun intended, to date. <laughs> he earned uh, $15 million. And when he was asked uh, why he starred in the film, he said the answer lies in the title. Mm, yeah. Basically. Yeah, I believe that. That's actually uh, his answer for a lot of <laughs> a lot of movies in the early two thousands. That's what he said about uh, Daredevil as well. Yeah. Um. So this visual effects engineer should be fired because <laughs> he thought this. So he the whole um like palm reading shtick that happens in there and like there's like it alludes to it and there's close-ups of it and it's all about like crystal balls and stuff um that was all thought up but uh as a joke by the visual engineer visual effects engineer and this is on the uh, making of featurette on the dvd um which i did not watch i do have the dvd but i didn't watch any of the special features um some scenes make hints that the machine may be a sophisticated hand lines reader, which is absolutely credible considering how you have to put your palm on one side of it. So hmm. obviously it's reading something. Um, also before Michael actually goes to Alcom for the job, he is getting inspiration from the ceramic hand sculpture showing the lines. Um, and if you're not paying attention to the movie that it's either going to go over your head, you're going to be like, well, this is a silly like thing to leave the camera hanging on for a while or, Oh, I'm going to figure this movie out. Um, and then there's also like the, uh, the crystal ball headline that they have. He finds in the stamp. So it's all like very mystical. <laughs> it, it's funny because that did go over my head. <laughs> I uh, when it was uh, when the camera was lingering on that shot of that model hand with the lines and stuff on it. Uh, my first thought was just like, "Oh, okay." So I'm sure that'll come back later in the movie. Yeah, just like the uh, stick when he's in the gym fighting with the stick. Against hmm. the like, after he gets his brain, his memories, and he's in the gym. Like, I was thinking, oh, that's gonna come back. That fighting style is gonna come back later it, on. It kind of did. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. he's when they're when they're fighting in the lab, I don't yeah. really know. I don't know what that building it was exactly, but yeah, it's uh, he he finds a stick and. He beats people with it, so I was like, "Well, you know what? At least, at least that came back, if nothing else." There's a lot of callbacks in this movie. Yeah, a lot of callbacks in this movie. The are one. Um, that's all also I can that, think of right that now. That was the cleanest birdcage I've ever seen. At the end of the movie, where he <laughs> yeah. figures out the last. Don't tell me he printed something on newspaper and it's super important, which that wasn't what it was, but I was like, oh, because, you know, I've seen bird cages. They crap all over everything. All the time, forever. <laughs> they do, and birds live forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, it is forever. 
Uh, um, I think all I have, I I have my release and money stuff. Okay, I just have one more fact here. Um, this might be a little speculation, but apparently this was rumored to have killed John Woo's Hollywood career due to a chilly reception by critics and audiences. I guess a lot of critics felt like the film was little more than a checklist of Wu's stylistic touches that had become tired and forced. And um, there were whispers that many of Wu's Hollywood films, including this one, had been victims of executive meddling, which I would I'd totally buy that. That happens all the time. But it's uh, speculated that it was part of the reason why he ended up leaving... Um, Hollywood frustrated. I don't, it was like five years before he directed another film, but, um, his last, the last film he directed was in 2017. So he's still doing stuff and he's directed a lot of films since, but I don't think any of them have been like Hollywood movies. No, I think, did he go back to Hong Kong? I think so. Doing Hong Kong movies, which, um, I love Kung Fu movies and Hong Kong movies, but I could totally see that this did not do well for him. Um, Cause I find it, I find it a very bland movie. I, I do think of it as a checklist of a lot of things. I, I didn't think of it as a checklist, but I was very aware of all the John Woo, like stylistic moments, you know, like you said, the yeah. slow-mo, the slow-mo of things that had no right being in slow-mo either. Mm-hmm. The only thing yeah. that was missing was doves. There was a dove. There was a dove? There was a dove. At the end, uh, instead of the guy coming through the door, um, the door opens and a dove comes through, and then it's like snapped back to his reality or something. I can't really tell like what happens in that moment, but he's like changing something. Something has changed from when he looked at it in the machine to that moment, and a dove comes through. And then things uh, start to happen. Okay. So, yeah. Um, you know what else might have hurt this movie? <laughs> what? Coming out on December 25th, 2003. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that being a problem. You know why that was a problem? Why? Because Lord of the Rings Return of the King came out <laughs> December 17th, 2003. Ooh. <laughs> Gotcha. Nobody was seeing anything other than Lord of the Rings. For good reason. Yeah. And in the third chapter, too. Oh, yeah. So, like, that was, like, everything. That movie won so many Oscars that year, too. Yeah, I think it so, won, like, 12 Oscars. Yeah. Um, also, um, Big Fish came out in 2003, in December. Um, which we watched, which you were impartial to. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, and The Last Samurai also came out in December. Ooh. So, um, its budget was $60 million, which I could attest to, like, most of that going to visual effects. It had to. Yeah. I mean, what, $15 million went to... Ben Affleck and the rest was into shoddy graphics. Yep. Um, it grossed 
uh, opening weekend, it only took in $13 million, which is way more than I expected it to take in against Lord, against Lord of the Rings. Um, but it ended up grossing only $53 million in the U.S., so it didn't even make its budget back. Um, worldwide, probably, I, I wish I could break this down more, but probably I would think the China, the China market is what gave it most of its money just because of John Woo. So, like, the Hong Kong area probably did it. It grossed $117 million. Still not a lot, but I would think most of that probably came from China. And I think that's a, a reasonable guess, too, because yeah. there's there's always directors that people, you know, have kind of, like, earmarked as favorites. You know, like, I will see pretty much any Christopher Nolan movie that comes out if you're a John Woo fan, I can't see someone mi- trying to miss out on Paycheck. Right. Have you watched Tenant, by the way? Oh, not yet. So I guess I just contradicted myself right there. It's <laughs> not that I won't watch it. It's just, I think it just hit HBO Max. Yeah, it did. Okay. Yeah. 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 You're more of a director fan, and I'm more of an actor actress fan. Like, I will watch anything with charlie Theron or margot robbie in it and anything at all in the 90s i would watch anything with julia roberts in it hmm. like that's i like some directors like i love uh quentin tarantino i'll watch him all his movies um but i'm not as into directors as much anymore you know, I don't think I noticed that about myself until you pointed it out right now. Like, I think the only <laughs> outlier is like if Leonardo DiCaprio is in a movie, I will most likely see it. But I need to be sold on like what the movie's actually about. Versus if Martin Scorsese makes a movie, I'm more apt to just go out and see it because it's him. Yeah. I, okay. Scorsese is an exception for me because I will watch his movies. But I have to be at home. I'm not going to go watch a three-hour movie in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to watch a four-and-a-half-hour movie on Netflix. I mean, I'd, I'm not going to watch a four-and-a-half-hour movie in theaters. Yeah. Um, speaking of runtimes, this movie was almost two hours long. It was an hour and 59 minutes. And I felt like that was too long for this movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a similar feeling when the credits were rolling. Is uh, I couldn't really pinpoint what, other than maybe like some fighting scenes could have been trimmed or like cut. I, I feel like you could take easily 10 minutes out of the movie and wouldn't really change much. Yeah, I think the whole chase scene with the BMW um, and then actually both chase scenes. The one at the very beginning when he gets out of the room and the the car chase scene, I think both could have been cut easily and we wouldn't have lost anything. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, yeah. All right. Well, we have reached the part of the podcast where we give our final thoughts and you find out whether we give this movie two thumbs up, two thumbs down, or anything in between. Uh, I'm not sure where your land um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I really want you to go first. Okay. <laughs> I have I have I've have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> um as I said 
clear, this movie did not age well for me. I found myself scrolling through my phone at about the 75-minute mark, just waiting for stuff to happen. I find Uma Thurman horrible in this movie, and that's crazy considering Kill Bill Volume 1 came out two months prior to this, and she was absolutely phenomenal in it, and I love that. It's one of it's got to be in my top ten movies, Kill Bill. Uh, ben is better in this movie than he is in Geely or Dare, Daredevil, um, and you can kind of see his Batman here, like a little bit. You can kind of see it, but he makes the stupidest faces when he's fighting. Uh, so I'm really glad his face is covered in Batman, or as he play, when he plays Batman. Uh, the dialogue leaves something to be desired. And if I have to hear Aaron Eckhart yell Mike one more time at the end, I was going to shut it off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Eckhart is a bright spot, though, and he always plays a villain well. I really, I think he was one of the few bright spots in the movie. Um, I felt like they did a better job with the overall sets than they spent on, like, the dialogue and the writing and and the script and all that. Um, I compare this movie to a point-and-click adventure game where you have to find items and use them in very specific locations or very specific times, and you have no idea how or when or where. Um, Overall, it's a nice try, but if you're going to watch a Philip K. Dick movie, watch Total Recall. One thumb down. Ooh. Okay. I, uh... Yeah, basically everything you had to say about the movie is, I'd say, pretty spot on. Um, The writing, just the dialogue, some things, you know how when a line hits you a certain way and you're like, I don't think a person alive would say that if they weren't getting paid to. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I got those vibes from some of the dialogue. Oh my God, Ben's face when he's getting tased was ridiculous and the fact that it was in slow motion and he had that face on like i, I was actually <laughs> it made me laugh and i i wasn't trying to i didn't find it especially funny but his face oh my god yeah so yeah that's definitely on the money um i'm also realizing about myself that if you have a very interesting core concept in a story i will cut the movie a lot of leeway <laughs> while exploring that so i i was surprised that i was invested as invested in the movie as i was like i was uh i was doing some work related tasks when i started the movie and then about the like 40 minute mark realized i hadn't touched like my other monitor i was just watching the movie and i was like wow that's that surprised me so yeah i i just found the core concept very compelling and i i always enjoy mysteries the acting, especially Uma Thurman, great. And yeah, she's she's better in other movies. I think she just wasn't given a whole lot to work with with this one. Ben's still trying to hit his stride, but yeah, I do I do agree with you. He did come off way better than Geely. Well, how could you not? But yeah, definitely better than like Daredevil. Overall, it does it does feel more forgettable than a lot of other movies i've seen i will never forget the premise of this movie because i thought that was really cool but if you ask me in three months from now 
after I get my memory away, or it, it'll feel like I got my memory erased from this movie. I won't be able to tell you what happens, but I'm like, oh yeah, I remember, I remember what that movie's about, and it's cool. So I guess it does enough competently to be on the on the more positive side of mediocre in my book. So I'll actually happily give it one thumb up. All right, all right. Yeah, you. Uh... You do give more leeway for uh, certain types of movies, I think. Just like I do on certain types of movies. Yeah. Um, like, number 23, for example. I gave two thumbs up, you gave one thumbs down. And I think it's because I gave it a lot more leeway on certain things. Absolutely. It's so much fun when we see movies that, like, we, like, either we haven't seen before or... Because this was your first time seeing it, right? Yeah, and as so many of my stories go, I only yeah. caught like a couple scenes back on like TNT back in like 2005 or something when he's laying all the items out on his bed in like a giant question mark for some reason to really drive yeah. home the point he's confused. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that scene. Yeah, so it's just interesting and I love it. And I, it's almost more fun when we don't agree or when we surprise each other. Like yeah. That. So, um, very nice. We, I checked the discord. We didn't have any other requests in there. It's been a long couple weeks. I'm working a lot. You were on vacation. So we're back at it. Um, let's spin our wheel and see what we're watching next week. Okay. Is there anything you're crossing your fingers for? I'm always crossing my fingers for Spice World. Every week. Spice World, Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, those are my two my two hot ones that I really want to watch again. I I really want to check out the Warriors actually because I've I've been feeling myself drawn to like seventies movies recently. But nice. we will just all have to be disappointed and watch Harry Potter one instead. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am not excited for that. It's oh, Rolo. <laughs> I'm very excited <laughs> for your reaction to this movie because, like, I've seen it several times, and if if you've never seen it before, and if you're new to that world, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna react, and I'm very excited to find out. Um, I have only seen the second one, Chamber of Secrets. Right, that was the second one. Yeah. Um, and I saw it in theaters. I got tricked. I wanted to go see something else, and people were like, no, we're seeing this, and I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> I've never read the books. I've never cared about any of the Harry Potters, so uh, this will be an interesting week, most definitely. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, please take us out. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thanks for tuning in next week we're going to discuss harry potter and the sorcerer's stone pick for us by matt r remember you can help select the next movie we watch by emailing the podcast at you pick we watch at gmail.com you can also follow and message the podcast through facebook twitter or discord at you pick we watch i'm regan and you can find me on facebook and instagram at author regan brooks and I'm Jess. You can find me on Twitter at RadMadMal and usually hanging out in the Discord as well. 
Um, I can't wait to see what happens next week. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. All right, guys. Have a wonderful week, and we will catch you next time. That's right. Get that paycheck.